What is up my podcast listeners and YouTube subscribers now because I think I'm at almost 230, 240 subscribers. So shout out to all my new subscribers on YouTube and hopefully you've been enjoying all the video content and for all my podcast listeners out there that haven't subscribed yet, 100% hit the show notes of this episode if you are um, listening and watch this video again. This is going to be um, somewhat a hands-on demoing type of a video. Um, so yeah, shout out to all my listeners and watchers. Um, so today what we're gonna talk about is elbow pain because someone reached out to me over Instagram asking about um, pain in their elbow and what they should do in the gym to ensure that they don't make it worse or you know what exercises to avoid and things like that so um just like my other videos i think i'm going to kind of go by a um case by case basis when it comes to um certain joints what to do what exercises to avoid but the elbow is one of those joints that tends to take a lot of beating. So there's two primary um, things that go wrong with the elbow. And it's usually the outside of the elbow that's injured, painful, and just flares up and the inside of the elbow. So there's two kind of um, terms that we need to know. And one of them is tennis elbow and golfer's elbow. So an easy way to remember that, and I can't remember where I stole this from, but tennis elbow is on the outside of the elbow. And if you think about it, most men, their um, hairy arms tend to be on the outside of their elbow. So this tends to be hairy and it's kind of like a tennis ball with a little fuzzy part on the material that's used. So that's an easy way to remember the um, tennis elbow. And on the inside of the elbow, tends to be smooth even on the hairiest dudes. And it's kind of smooth like a golf ball. So where this kind of comes from is in the tennis world, they tend to swing this way over and over and over again. And it becomes almost like an overuse injury. Same thing in golf when people kind of can't really see me but uh, when people go through their swing and I am a lefty so when I go into my back swing you can see that my elbow is exposed at that top position and as I drive through my elbow will extend and I end up rotating with that elbow across that tends to take up the grunt of the work and I'm just gonna adjust my camera here because it's kind of tilted up and you can just see like top of my chin anyway um so those are the two that tend to happen quite a bit there's a lot of reasons why that happens but it tends to be due to an overuse thing but but um it does tend to happen if other joints are not cooperating so if you look at the musculature of the forearm in itself there are a lot of smaller muscles that kind of run across 
here all the way into this part of your kind of wrist slash forearm that tends to be flat. So even if you took the um, time to like palpate um, certain musculature of the forearm, you'll kind of be able to figure out what uh, muscles you're dealing with. So an easy way to actually, and you can do this at home, if you have a slight bend in your elbow, you give yourself a big fist and like think of flexing your bicep, this muscle right here that just kind of pops out, you can already feel. And if you like travel underneath it, that's where it kind of falls under. And you can actually feel the divots between each muscle. If you like really push in there hard, you can find each muscle individually. And then as you follow along, you end up in this little section called the outcroppers where all these muscles turn into tendinous structure and then they all kind of come here to the wrist. And the same thing on the back side of your wrist is the same thing. It's like a bunch of muscles that kind of run through here and then kind of finish through here. So typically, if you think about all these muscles in our forearm, they're meant to squeeze super tight to create tension, but they're also able to help you flex and extend the wrist and move your wrist and also pronate your elbow and supinate your elbow. And these are the motions. And if you think about what we do on a daily basis, um, we use them a lot. So if you are playing a sport like tennis or golf, which requires a lot of repetition. So again, tennis, you're hitting like this constantly or in golf, sorry, you're here and you're coming down. So there's other activities that tend to also flare up the elbow. So if you are an, a carpenter or some sort of tradesperson, um, person who does renos or painting, things like that, elbows are usually the ones that um, take quite a bit of beating. So essentially, um, the first step is to obviously go see a medical professional like a chiropractor, a physio, RMT, whatever it is, to get the pain down to a point where you can start rehabbing it. It might sound counterintuitive, but most of the time you want to strengthen the um, forearm uh, muscles so farmer carries are huge. And that's why I always tell my clients and patients that when I train them, every time you grab a dumbbell, a barbell, a kettlebell, you are death gripping those things to ensure that these guys are strong so that when you decide to do something repetitive like paint your whole fucking house one weekend, your elbow is not destroyed. But there is going to be a period of time where when you're dealing with an elbow injury, it just needs some goddamn rest. But um, based on my experience with um, the rehab side of things, things like rock tape or kinesio tape work beautifully to kind of carry on the effects of treatment. So highly recommend looking into that. Um, or just asking a physio or chiro who's certified in it um, to do that for you. The other thing too is instrument-assisted um, soft, soft tissue mobilization, where it's just basically blading, Graston technique, um, does wonders on tendons. Um, even for me, when I injured my elbow, actually funny enough, 
couple months back when I was um, constantly going to the storage and moving stuff and I felt the little tendon in here in my elbow kind of go and blading helped a lot. Um, but after that kind of initial stage of, um, what's it called? Inflammation and it kind of goes down, we gotta start adding movement. So the big thing is elbows are definitely overlooked. People don't think about, oh, I need to work on my elbow mobility. But your elbows do have quite a bit of movement. And if you can control um, when needed your elbow joint, then you're going to be better well equipped for everyday life. Because I kind of look at the elbow joint as one of those joints that are really, really important when it comes to everyday life. So if you're picking up your kid, you're grabbing groceries, you're helping someone move, like these elbows move quite a bit and take up a lot of the work. So um, elbow cars are my go-to. So if I was standing and I have my arms out in kind of the anatomical position, I'm gonna go into a fist. I used to do it palms out, but I like going into fists because after that inflammation stage, we can grab like tennis balls or lacrosse balls to create a little bit more tension to get these uh, muscles working a little bit. But uh, for the sake of this video, we're just gonna go into fists and I want you to think of, you're gonna do almost like a bicep curl. When I get to this position, I am actively rotating my fists this way. So if you saw my hands out, I'm literally rotating as far as possible. Because remember, if you look at your uh, elbows, they can supinate and pronate. So when I get to the top of this little bicep curl, I am trying to rotate as far as possible to get into my end range. Because if I look up from a side view and I just do a curl, and that's where I stay, even though my elbows can go this far, I should train in those end ranges because in end range positions is where you get an injury. So if you again think about the tennis um, analogy, say for some reason you backhand and you go into extension and for some reason you try to hit really hard and your form was off and your elbow just snaps a little bit too far forward in your end range of extension, that's where it usually should happen. So every time we do elbow cars, we're going into our end range. So now I'm in my fist position like I was showing earlier. From here, I'm gonna now rotate into pronation and same idea. So if I'm off to the side, I am rotating forward again, trying to get more with those thumbs, right? Whereas if I just did this and that's it, even though I can go there, whole nother story. And then from there, I'm gonna come back down to the start position, back up, and then reverse the motion. So that is a simple elbow car that one, everyone should be doing all the freaking time. Now, if you've been following my work for a while and you understand that I'm a huge advocate for movement, you do understand that our bodies move in variance. Our elbows don't just do bicep curl and like hammer curl, reverse curl variations. It does a lot more because whatever your elbow does, it's dictated by your shoulder. So what happens if I decide to do elbow cars here? Starting in this, you know, like if I'm holding my steering wheel type of position, right? So 
literally the same principles apply. I can do my elbow cars just like this because again, our bodies move in variance. So why not train it that way? So then whenever something happens in the real world, we're ready for it. And now think about how many different planes of motion our shoulder goes into. Like if you think about when we were doing shoulder cars, right? Look at how many different positions my shoulder can go into where I can do elbow cars. So if I decide to do a shoulder car here, back here, like why not do my elbow cars in this position? If I wanna be sport specific, and I put that in air quotes, and I am a golfer, and I go into my back position, why not do my elbow cars in that position to make it more specific to my sport, right? Like the possibilities are endless at that point. And people don't like th go down that pathway, but I try to think like, okay, if our bodies are meant to do so such extraordinary things and it can adapt to different terrain and environments and you know, why not try to apply that kind of knowledge to how we train? And that's what I believe in the whole FRS system kind of believes that that's how we can create better functioning human beings and not just, I'm gonna to go to the gym and sit down and do the chest press machine. I'm gonna move on to the next one and do the horizontal row machine. And then I'm gonna to go to the next one and do the leg extension. Like you're missing a lot that you can do, right? And that's where the whole term of like functional training comes in because your body's more than just one movement. It does a lot of different things. And then you'll notice that people move differently from one person to the other. And that's a good thing. That just leaves so much more room for your body to adapt. And if you understand, you know, the, how your body adapts to stress, the more different types of stimulus you get, um, kind of inputted to your body, it has time to adapt to it and get better at it. Right? If you're doing the same shit from when you used to train in college, you're probably not gonna get that far. You need to adapt your body constantly. And honestly, movement training is one of those ways to have full control. Now, going back to the elbow. So we showed one exercise. Now, let's also talk about the exercise that you should probably stay away from. So if you're overloading your elbows with stuff like bicep curls and tricep extensions and dips and stuff that you have no business doing, that's gonna be step number one. Those things are going to flare up the elbow joint quite a bit. Things like bench press, it's going to flare it up. Now, let's take an extreme example and say someone went to the clinic yesterday, two days ago with severe elbow pain, but still wants to train on Monday. And by Monday, it's still not good. Gripping stuff is probably not going to make things better because it's going to aggravate it. But if you wanted to train with a false grip, like a loose grip, you can. So one of my favorite ways to do that and also get the benefit of getting all those postural muscles working, because I'm gonna link this together, just you, just you wait. Um, when you look at the musculature of our back, you're limited by your grip. 
So if I'm doing a TRX row, when I'm squeezing super tight, I'm kind of not putting all my, how oh, I want to phrase this, all my potential into those postural muscles because I'm preventing it by my grip. Meaning when you grip super tight, things won't move back there as they should. Whereas if it was a loose grip, now I have kind of more movement. That being said, if you take a band, just like a regular chin up band, those red ones that I always use in my videos and place it um, around a squat rack, pillar, door handle to do face pulls, but slipping your wrists into the band loops and then doing a face pull. Now I am activating all my postural muscles because now there's no limiting factor of my grip preventing everything from moving. So that being said, you can now train without overdoing it in here, right? Um, other like things that can help really uh, well are, um, this is the only time I would use those um, gym straps around the wrist to hold onto something. But other than that, you gotta train your grip. And a lot of people get to elbow pain because they forget about grip training and it's all because people get in the bad habit of loose grip holding things. And that's, I already said it, you need to fucking squeeze shit as hard as possible in the gym. Now, the other thing that I wanna mention is if you think about our shoulder, it dictates exactly what the elbow is gonna do. So usually when we see in the clinic, on the clinic side, uh, clinic side of things, the elbow that has pain usually has a really shitty shoulder when it comes to mobility. So now if you think about it, people that press overhead and do chin-ups or pull-ups overhead, the elbow is going to take a grunt of the work. Meaning, imagine my shoulder mobility is like this. One, I need to get here to go overhead. What happens to my elbows is that as I try to get into full extension and say I'm trying to do a chin up, all the pressure is going to go into here. And I've seen this happen too, um, working with an individual coming to me for elbow pain. And I looked over his program and there was like almost every day there's a lot of fucking chin ups. And he had pain on the inside of the elbow. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's think about this. If I have someone in this position with not enough mobility and they're constantly pulling that first initial pull is not through the back, it's through these guys because they're muscling through their bicep and this guy is gonna take quite a bit of the grunt of the work. And time and time again, over and over and over and over, overuse, that thing's not meant to pull a full male's weight over and over again and now the thing hurts, right? So. A lot of times it's just figuring out, you know, maybe it's not the actual joint itself, it's maybe dictated by another joint. And now another thing too is the wrist joint too. And if you remember when I first kind of started doing these videos, I did a episode called the joint by joint theory. And in there I mentioned that when it comes to a painful joint, 
it's the culprit's not usually the joint itself it's usually the joint above or below causing the issue so the other thing too is looking at wrist mobility and function here's the funny thing every time i do um my kin stretch classes we go through the whole car's routine one most people don't move their joints for the full range of motion so i ensure that everyone does that at least in my class two I am assessing every single person in my class during that time. I'm looking over every single person to ensure that they are not going to fuck themselves up with the stuff that I chose for the class. So when I see people do wrist cards with terrible control and terrible mobility, I'm going to adjust my class or make something specific for um, the entire class for that one person with terrible wrist mobility. So when you have limited wrist mobility, both extension and flexion, what do you think is gonna feel tight in the forearms? This guy. If this is super tight, what are the chances of your elbow being able to pronate, supinate, bend, um, flex, extend, and all those things? Probably not very well, right? So wrist cars should be part of the um, rehab slash daily routine slash in your warmup. I literally do wrist cars every single day, every time before a workout as well, because I know personally that when I have a day where I'm gonna be doing a lot of pressing or say push-ups, my wrists don't feel the greatest when I don't get them moving. So what we're gonna do is wrist cars. So elbows are gonna be super tight towards the rib cage. The most important thing, and I always tell people, imagine, your cell phone on your forearm. Don't move your forearm because your phone is going to fall. I say this all the time and I tell people, look down on your elbows. Don't let them move. People still fucking do it because they have no idea how to move just their wrists without moving their forearms. So it's either a control thing, like a neuromuscular thing, or they really have shitty mobility through their elbows and wrists and they have no clue. So together, elbows tight, fingers are glued together, and you're gonna go down into extension as far as possible. You're gonna go into the center, up towards the ceiling, out to the side and down, and then you're gonna reverse it. As we do this, if you notice, my forearms are not moving. It is just my wrists. As people do this, they end up doing weird things is like as they come up, they start bending their elbows, thinking that they're getting more extension, but they're not. Or as they come in and they know they don't have this motion, the elbows come off, or they just do this thing. It's so awkward and weird. They start rotating their forearm because they have no control over these wrists or just poor mobility. So now I'm thinking every time that person goes into a push-up position, a mountain climber, burpees, because everyone fucking does burpees, fucking hate them. Um, funny enough, I actually just posted a meme on that. I guess you go check it out. Um, literally, okay, this is the reason why I hate burpees. Take an exercise for a general population person, and we're talking about elbows and wrists right now, and generally, because we're all here all day, click clacking away on our laptops. This gets tight, wrists get tight. So now let's throw our entire body weight 
into the floor and then jump right back up and then do it again. And usually when you're doing this exercise, it's not just for like five reps, it's you're doing this for 10 plus reps or you're doing this for 30 seconds. As you fatigue, you're going to have less control and you're gonna throw more of your weight into your wrists over and over and over again. And then you wonder why people have elbow pain and wrist pain. It doesn't take like a genius to figure that out. So what you should do instead is constantly risk cars and things like pails and rails. So from a movement standpoint, I'm gonna take you guys down a lot lower because we need to get to the floor. So for those listening, this would be a good time for you to probably go onto your computer or phone and hopefully you can see my hand. Okay, so most people have trouble getting into wrist extension, which is me going like this. So what you're going to do is place your hand down, you can see that, um, hand down into extension and you can do two at the same time. You don't have to go one at a time. You want to end up into a stretch position where you can feel all of this being stretched out. You're gonna hold for two minutes. At the top of the two minutes, we're gonna do our pails contraction, meaning your fingertips are going to push into the ground as hard as possible for 10 seconds without any pain. After the 10 seconds are done, you're gonna notice that you're like, oh, I can go a little bit further. You just spoke to your nervous system to ask for more range. Now, what you're gonna do is the opposite, which is a rails contraction, where you're gonna take your fingertips and try to drive them up to your belly. So, that being said, it's not gonna come off the ground. So if I try it right now, it's not really happening, but I'm using all of this stuff to try to lift it. And the only way to cheat is if I lean forward and now I can lift them up. But that's not the goal. You're trying to do an isometric contraction where you're just like trying to lift it, lift, 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 and then relax. What that does is slowly, I am telling my little muscle cells in there to create better tissue, to lay down a better foundation for better resilient tissue. And the more I ask it, the better it's gonna get. And funny enough, in my first um, ebook, The Ironclad Body Training System, I demonstrate the power of pails and rails for my own wrists. And it's funny, when I took my FRC back in 2018, that was a long time ago already, um, when we were doing assessments on wrist extension, I like put my hands down wrist extension and I remember, because I took a photo of this the next day when I was in the gym. So, arms here and I went down an extension. And my left one was like not going down. I was like, what the fuck? How did I never notice this? And then I was like, okay, has this ever bugged me? And I was like, you know what? When I get into a workout, and sometimes when I go into a push-up position, say in my warm-up to do a couple push-ups, sometimes when I'm not warm enough, I get this like weird sharp pull into my little ring finger here, and then my wrist starts feeling super weird and tight, and then every time I try to like go back into that position, it just hurts. Another example is when I used to do a lot of barbell Olympic lifts, and you know, getting into the snatch position, my wrist did not feel good in that position either. And sometimes when I'd get into a clean position, 
The left side did not feel good. And I'm like, because I didn't have enough wrist extension. And then funny enough, um, that same side, um, this was a while ago, probably seven years ago, I was getting pain on the inside of my elbow. So look at that, that little connection right there, all because of my wrist. Luckily, it didn't happen a lot, and it's because I have good shoulder mobility. So I had that going for me. But for the most general population person, their shoulder mobility sucks and their wrist mobility sucks. So they have a high chance of getting elbow pain. So it is super, super, super important to do these things to ensure that you don't end up with um, elbow pain. Another thing that you can do is a lot of soft tissue work around the forearm. So if I had my lacrosse ball and something really, really simple is like literally placing the ball onto the forearm and pushing it against the wall. And then what I like to do is with my other hand, I hold my wrist and I literally just roll against the wall back and forth. And then I can do the same thing on the inside. I do that before my workout and you know, I'll kind of cover all the areas. Cause again, remember foam rolling does not change tissue quality. What it does is kind of prep the tissue and also send a signal to the nervous system that it can take the emergency break off to, you know, be like chill. Like we got this, we're going to have a good workout. So I'm gonna leave it there. There's a lot of information when it comes to um, the elbow joint when it comes to pain, but it's one of those joints that when it flares up, it fucking sucks and you can barely do anything in the gym. So hopefully that kind of gave you some ideas, some guidance. If you need more help, feel, feel free to reach out. For those listening, highly recommend you watch uh, the video because I demo, demonstrated quite a bit. And for those listening who haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, 100% do so. I post a lot of videos, especially exercises, and I'm going to have quite a few new tutorials uh, coming out because I need them for my new book. So you're gonna probably see around and probably a hundred new tutorials coming very soon because I need to get that done. And again, if you're listening, hit the show notes, watch the video, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Till next time.